Welcome to Podcast One of Food Fueled, where education meets empowerment. Welcoming all of you beautiful people on this gorgeous fall day. Join me, Trina Thornhill, your registered holistic nutritionist and life skills coach, as I talk about various health topics and empower you, my audience, on your wellness journey. Today's topic will be that trouble with D, and that would be vitamin D. A friendly reminder, all information discussed here is for the purpose of information only. Please seek your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Know that that's out of the way. Let's begin. To D or not to D, that seems to be the universal question. But guess what? It isn't that simple. One of my favorite medical books is Staying Healthy with Nutrition. Bellison M. Haas, MD. It is an 800-page powerhouse of information. As we go into the fall and winter months, it's during this time that you'll see a major push for the use of vitamin D. So I just want to give you a little bit of additional information regarding that, but maybe most people don't know. So you can help to be more empowered as you make your own health choices over this coming winter. Way before our society became so enlightened, our bodies relied on the sun to get its D. Think of a car battery that's well charged. As our ancestors worked their lands, they were outside during the spring and summer and fall months too prepare for the coming winter. With their D battery charged, that paired with the foods that they stored and prepared for the over um, for the winter that they were preparing for, cod liver oil was sometimes used as well. They ate over the winter months the foods that they had prepared and that saw them through as their batteries were charged. Vitamin D calciferol is created through the skin, bloodstream, liver, and kidneys. That is how the whole formation of fully active vitamin D is achieved. The sunshine vitamin, as they call it, is actually manufactured in the human skin when in contact with the sun rays. The sunlight interacts with the 7-dehydrocholesterol, a form of cholesterol to form cholecalciferol, which is then transferred to the liver and kidneys, and then converted again to 25-hydroxyl and one form of which is one form of vitamin D. From there, the liver uh, becomes involved, and it's further converted, and the kidneys do the last of the conversion. But do you see the wonderful, fantastic, awesome way our bodies were designed to function and able to take something from the sun and to convert it into something that was beneficial for us? And then you have the synthetic vitamin D, calciferol, um, calciferol, that is marketed to the masses. Did you know that that is actually, the majority of it is made from sheep lanolin? So sheep grease. It's not even a food source. It's um, something that most people don't realize that they're actually using, thinking that it's a vitamin component, and it's not. But what happens when we use the fat-soluble vitamin D in this form, it gets ingested, it's then absorbed through the intestinal wall, mineral oils bind the vitamin D in the gut, and that reduces absorption. From there, it's taken into the blood and stored in the liver. But do you see how the natural process is compared with the use of supplemental supports and how they are two very different processes and therefore achieve two very different results? And D is also actually one of the hormones, more of a hormone than a vitamin, and it is produced in the skin and released in the blood to affect and support other tissues and bones. 
So when I speak with a lot of my clients who come into my nutritional practice and they're just talking about their vitamins and supplemental supports and needs, a lot of things, um, a lot of their comments are actually quite staggering because within majority of my medical books, it's very contradictory. The average dose of D that we need is 400 IUs, but today between 5,000 IUs to 8,000 to 10,000 are pushed on the general population. Um, and what most people don't realize is using 1,000 to 1,500 IUs in adults and more than 400 IUs in babies and 600 IUs in children used over a month can lead to toxicity. And that these are general numbers and everybody's health is very diversified. But these are some things to keep in the back of your head as new moms or parents or seniors are all trying to figure out what's best for their bodies. And the more knowledge you have, the more empowered you are to actually get yourself into the health that you're seeking. We know that D helps to regulate calcium metabolization and normal calcification. But did you know magnesium is what is required to start the process of deconversion in the body? And that when using supplemental forms requires combination of calcium, magnesium, and D in order to support ideal bone health? So have you been suggested just to take calcium as a, as a way to help with osteoporosis, then maybe you want to discuss with your practitioner um, on the combination of all three. And if the supplemental route is the way you're going to go, and that's something that um, you're deciding, one aspect that is not discussed is many have a gene factor to deconversion, which is the CYP2R1, which is responsible for deconversion in the body. If a person carries an atypical gene, that in some cases will not allow for the conversion of D from the sun and our food sources. And what I found fantastic is the nutritional testing that a lot of my clients get done and have done before they come to see me. This helps them to navigate their personal nutritional needs based on their enzyme components and outside of the MTHFR, which is a hot button and a wonderful topic and very helpful for most people. Um, this gives an insight to the underlying D and A and C enzymes, as well as many others, to help them to understand why they need it or they don't, even the probiotic component, which is quite fascinating. And then, um, so with the D supplements, it comes in plant and animal. But what we need to know about plant is they do not process a cholesterol um, that's similar to ours. They do have a similar process in where they absorb the sun and that type of thing. But sometimes for most people, they are not able to actually absorb the plant source of D properly. It's the animal sources that are required in order to get a proper conversion. So by now, I'm guessing you were thinking, how is this possible? How is this what we are taught? Well, the best thing is that then we were taught that food itself isn't good enough to support these needs. And then we need supplemental supports instead. So if our food system is support de depleted, and in many cases it can be, then one reason for staying towards organic, grass-fed, antibiotic, and hormone-free choices are very, very important. But in our foods, if it's a challenge to have purity and safety, then it should apply also to our supplemental supports. And I always lean toward food being an optimal way to nourish your bodies outside of a supplemental support because your body actually knows what to do with it. You just need to look for the best food choices that you have within your area to help you meet those needs.
because one reason that when you look to foods, there is a less chance of you then becoming having a toxicity issue due to the um, increased amounts that are required for absorption and or that are being suggested by practitioners. So one way to help support your body outside of um, any supplemental support, as we talked about, was the sun. And it does not have to be a lot, but every day helps a little bit, especially coming into the fall and winter months. And what I've done even in the winter, plow out a particular area, take some boiling water, pour it in a particular area, and then I will go and get grounded while I even brought a chair out where I have a chair and I sit down, my feet are planted, I have my sleeves pulled up, my pant legs pulled up and I'm looking into the sun and I stay there for as long as possible. I typically will take a lovely tea out there with me to keep myself warm while I'm sitting there and being warmed by the sun as well. So but you can get creative to find ways to help keep you supported over the coming winter months instead of getting into a stress-related state where you are you don't know how to support yourself. So if you're interested in food sources, like I mentioned, which I enjoy the best, look for wild as much as possible and then rotate them throughout your meals weekly. Herring and sardines are two wonderful choices. Canned tuna, um, I look for the wild can if you're going to go that route and make sure it's PBA free, PBHA free. Um, oysters, liver, liver is fantastic. You can take liver, cook it on its own. You can take liver, um, cut it up into thumb-sized pieces, and then once it's cooled, put it into a container, place it into the freezer, freeze it. You can pop that as a vitamin in the morning, put it in your smoothies, whatever floats your boat in that regard. Or you can mince up the liver and you can add it to, um, I have a low histamine um, meatball recipe I add it to. Oh my goodness, the flavor is just fantastic. Make a whole bunch of those and then freeze them and use them throughout your week and rotate them throughout your meals. Shrimp, which a lot of people consider to be the cockroach or crustacean of the sea, that has a, um, a high D component. Egg yolks, if you don't have any sensitivity or intolerances, is also very beneficial. Cod liver oil, as I mentioned before, wonderful as well. Um, however, if a person has histamine issues or mast cell issues, it's oxidized and it will increase that. So please keep that in the back of your head because you would already have your immune system fighting very, very, very hard for you. And uh, then there's mushrooms. And mushrooms, like I'm, they are a fungal component. So if you have any issues with that, but they are known to have a high D. Okay, so with all this new information, what do you plan to do with it today? And um, how has it changed your view on some of the, uh, on the D supplementation that you've taken and or your diet and or your sun exposure? Well, I hope this information was very helpful to you and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to having you back with my next podcast. Have a wonderful day. Nutritiously yours, Trina.